Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ben from Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and I have an important announcement for you guys. At the end of every single episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you might hear a shout out to our fans, one of whom is Matt Herring, who was one of the original Superhouse fans. He's always given us his support, and now it's time that we support him. Uh, We've just recently found out that Matt has been diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. And as a cancer survivor myself, I know personally that there's a lot of emotional and financial strain that comes into that. Uh, His wife, Kelly, has set up a GoFundMe account at GoFundMe.com slash F slash Matthew hyphen kicks hyphen cancer 039S hyphen butt. Uh, and hopefully you can help reduce the financial strain to that as well as some of the emotional strain that comes with that. Again, that's gofundme.com slash F slash Matthew dash kicks dash cancer 039S dash butt. Matt Herring was the first, I guess you could say, true Superhouse fan. We were Superhouse at that time. You know, the first fan of this podcast and what we do here and um, has always supported us, talked about us, and um, he's from a town close to where I'm from, and uh, so we share that as well, and just a huge superhero fan and, you know, nerd like the rest of us, and now he's going through that, and uh, if you could donate just at least any amount of money to that link that Ben just said, that would be truly appreciated. Just hang in there, Matt. You'll beat this thing soon. Holy early afternoon, William Dozier. What would you like to meet about? Well, something's come in the news. I don't even know why. Is that your real voice, by the way? Is it? uh, I mean, okay, anyway. What's wrong with this voice? So the Catholic League has, well, you've come under fire. Do you know why? Oh, the Catholic League? I can't imagine why the Catholic League would want to come after me. Well, you didn't say GD, which is good, but... Is it all the holies? I can cut down on the holies. You would think so. That's actually a good guess, but no. Uh, well, there's no way to say it gingerly, so I'll just put it out there. They're saying that your pee-pee is too big in the show, and they want it smaller, actually. Holy blessings from God, Mr. Dozier. This is obviously the best problem to have in the world. uh, And now the whole world knows about it. So, uh, anyway. I don't know if there's anything I can change about that. Well, it's funny. The Catholic League, weirdly enough, has these pills for just such an occasion. And here you go. So take those, make your dick smaller, and call me in the morning. Wait, what did you say? I said take these pills and make your dick smaller and call me in the morning. I don't know if I want to take these pills. Well, you have to. It's maybe reversible, so don't even worry about it. Uh, Maybe reversible? Maybe. I mean, who knows? You want to be Robin, though, right? Why can't you just give me Speedos that aren't as tight? We don't have that in budget. You see, we... Those those aren't made, but... These pills can't be cheap. These pills, they gave us to them for free. Uh, I don't know. I better talk to my wife about this. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You can still be Robin this way, okay? So, uh, let me know how it goes, and I'll see you tomorrow morning, okay? Uh, sure. All right, he's not looking. Let me just dump these. Holy fucking shit. These producers aren't shrinking my dick. (laughs) 
Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays from Superhero Stuff You Should Know. This is the Santa who knows too much about Batman, Ben Juan, <laughs> and I'm here with my co-host. The gift that keeps on giving, Ben Juan. <laughs> <laughs> this is Andrew once again, y'all. I keep wanting to say Krypton, but that's weird. We're too, it's too long. It's too far. It's in the past now. Say dick instead. Dick. <laughs> Bert Ward, thank you for your stories about your marvelous package. Yes, yes. One day uh, we shall meet in the sun. <laughs> Welcome to part two of our 80th anniversary special, Into the Origins of Robin, which also happens to coincide on the uh, week of Christmas. So uh, that is why I'm in the Santa hat. And uh, our gift to you viewers is, uh, you know, in addition to more dick jokes, more about the origin of Robin. And so many double entendres about packages. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, so if you haven't seen part one yet, go back. Watch part one and come back. But uh, basically, these episodes cover all the different uh, versions of Robin's origin, specifically the Dick Grayson one. So the different ages he started crime fighting, the different ways the Graysons die, the different ways he meets Batman or Bruce Wayne, and the different explanations behind the name and the costume. Yeah, sometimes our part two or three has more hits than the part one, and it's like, thank you, but (laughs) you you missed the first part. Yeah, I know. I think one of our most popular episodes is The Dark Knight versus Comics Part 3, and I'm like, so you're not interested in Part 1 or 2. Yeah, you only one in Part 3. I mean, the Don't. mysteries of the, 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 the algorithm moves in mysterious <laughs> ways. Indeed, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, last time we covered everything from its first the first comic book appearance in 1940 through the comic Year 3 in 1989. So now we're going to cover everything from the 1990s up until today. Uh, today! So Yep, so as you can see, I got my Funko of Batman and Robin uh, based off of the cover by Andrew's favorite gangster, Carmine Infantino, uh, for Batman. (laughs) Such a great uh, name, though. It is. I know it is. Uh, And I got my uh, Santa hat, and I'm also in the Bruce Wayne turtleneck, uh, as you guys saw me in the 89 uh, Ben Cave episode. But uh, anyways, we're going to start with a classic. It's probably one of the most popular Robin origins, and that is B-Taz, Batman the Animated Series, Robin's Reckoning, Part 1 and 2. Uh, this was an adaptation by writer Randy Rogel, so this was not Paul Dini. Uh, wow. Randy Rogel. You uh, think Dini would want to helm uh, such an important one, but maybe this guy had a better one than Dini did. Who knows? Dini's like, knows? oh, no, you take it. You take the lead on this one. You got a better one than I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the most notable things about this is that Dick Grayson in the flashbacks is, depending on which episode credits you follow, he's either 9 or 10 years old. He's a little boy, voiced by uh, child actor Joey Simran. In part 1 in the credits, he's listed as age 10, and in part 2, he's listed as age 9. So I guess Dick Grayson in this continuity has the power to age backwards. He's but, got that Benjamin Button disease. <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, but they make a very interesting choice where... Bruce adopts him when he is 9 or 10, but we never see him as Robin until he's a teenager or a college kid in Batman the Animated Series. Okay, so he takes some time. So, to me, this sort of is them saying, hey, let's bypass the idea of him putting a child in danger and have him undergo the same amount of years of training that Bruce must have gone to in order to be Batman. So I was thinking this when we did the last episode. This makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was was curious what your thoughts were, because this kind of... It, it pretty much helps eliminate a lot of issues. We've got, like, the whole child yeah. endangerment thing. That's gone. Uh, we got the idea of he would need enough time to train. How realistic is it for a kid to fight crime? 
now like he's given a good chunk, maybe not nearly yeah. the amount of years, but circus uh, acrobatics not enough. Yeah, not enough to fight crime uh, on this. So I thought that was a very smart choice. Um, as I said in part one, there's a fight on a construction site that is very faithful. It feels to the conclusion of the original appearance, Detective Comics number thirty-eight, where Batman and Robin are uh, basically fighting Zuko's gang on top of a construction site. Uh, and at the top, one of the guys gives up the name Billy Marin, which turns out to be one of the aliases for Tony Zuko. So okay. uh, Dick Grayson realizes this when he types in Billy Marin into the back computer and finds all sorts of aliases. So in this version, Zuko has the aliases of Simon Dirks, Killer Coburn, Punky Lesh, and Sid the Squid, which is also the name of uh, a character in the episode The Man Who Killed Batman. Punky Lesh. Punky Lesh, yes. Uh, okay. Interesting. Uh, this is the first adaptation of Zuko because the previous adaptation was way back in 1946 and they didn't even go for Zuko as I t- covered in part one. Okay. Uh, Zuko is like the year three version. He's thin and younger and he's voiced by Back to the Future's Biff himself, Thomas Wilson. Oh, wow. Uh, Thomas Wilson, a.k.a. Biff, is also John Grayson in the same episode. Because John Grayson has like maybe one or two lines. It didn't make any sense to cast an actor just for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting because I would have thought maybe they would have had like Lauren Lester, the guy who voices Dick Grayson, older Dick Grayson, uh, do the voice. Or maybe even Kevin Conroy. But it's an interesting his, choice his to have. His mom's name was Yvonne, right? In the 1946 version. What's his mom's name in this one? Do you know? Uh, it's still Mary Grayson. Like it's Mary Grayson oh, and Mary, everything. John and except Mary. For, okay. Yeah, it's still John and Mary. Um, that was my... Great aunt and great uncle's exact names. I guess it's the most common names back then. You're related to the Graysons. I am, apparently. <laughs> wow. Uh, until Wesley Snipes killed them. <laughs> <laughs> Check out oh, part one man. for the reason fucking behind that. Fucking Wesley joke. Snipes, dude. <laughs> fucking tax evasion, man. Come on, dude. You're fucking rich anyway. Why do you just sell a mansion and be done with it? He went. He chose to go to prison. <laughs> Uh, anyway, as uh, far as I know, anyway, if I'm wrong about that, I'm sorry. I am sorry, but I uh, think that's see. the case. I think yeah. that's the case. I think so too. I think so too. Uh, here's another interesting fact: Mary Grayson is also voiced by another member of the cast because of the fact that she only had like a couple lines, and that was actress Diane Pershing, who's the voice of po- Poison Ivy. Okay. So interesting casting here in terms of the Graysons. Uh, as I said in the previous episode where we ended with year three, there's a lot of influence of year three on this. Dick witnesses Zuko extorting Haley himself. Dick gets called Boy Wonder of the Circus, like in year three. We see him befriend an elephant who's part of the circus act, um, which is also in year three. Like this an is elephant? All very much. Yeah, an elephant named Sitka in the cartoon, uh, who he has to say goodbye to when Bruce adopts him. So it's very This is uh, another thing. Very heartwarming. Here. Most yeah circuses is from what i've seen on the news the ones that do exist even mm-hmm. before covid mm-hmm. animal rights activists you know like they've made the, they've made the <laughs> elephants virtual i think like the fucking like hologram yeah. shit yeah. like it's so this is just another aspect of something that they have to update from the golden age and hell even 15 years ago probably yeah because you know this is 1993 mean? so that's still a real elephant in this version yeah it's just this is a it's just funny what you know all these things that change and i mean i agree with it i, I think that you know those animals don't want to be there controversial mm. statement maybe for the internet but <laughs> but uh I, I think you know a lot of people will agree 
yeah, like, do we really care? I don't know, man. It's just... Anyway, let's keep going. Let's move yeah. on. Uh, also an interesting beat, because this is influenced from a comic called The Glimpse from 1990. I did not include it because it doesn't really add that much more to it. I'll cover it more on the Patreon. But in The Glimpse, Dick is on the way to the act when he passes by Zuko. And he's like, wait, isn't that the guy I saw extorting Mr. Haley? And Zuko in disguise having done the dirty work of cutting, you know, cutting through the ropes. Okay. So that's an added element because Dick now has an opportunity to be like, hey, wait a second. Um, But his father says, hey, we got to go on and do our performance. And of course that leads to the death of the Graysons and Dick forever blames himself for not having done something. Okay. Based off of what he saw, so that's an interesting element to add that that's gets unique added to Btaz. Unique to Btaz, uh, it's seen in the glimpse, as I said, from a few years before, but they don't really cover Dick's guilt afterwards in that story. Btaz, by the way, is Batman the animated series <laughs> Tas. So yes. th- I didn't know about this till I was at a panel at Comic Con, one panel sometime, yeah. and they were like, "This is." They said, "This is." Uh, it was a Btaz panel. The crew yeah. for Btaz is up there. They're like, "Oh, we call it Btaz." Like the crew themselves yeah. call it that. Um, mm-hmm. So the T, the animated A S series. So mm-hmm. Batman, Taz, Btaz. All right, just yeah. just get out of the way. I know we talk about it a lot. <laughs> you know, uh, it's always somebody's see. first time hearing that. Hearing that. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like in year three, the ropes are cut. Acid is not okay. used in this version. Uh, and because this is network television in 1993, we don't actually see them fall. They did this very well where Dick's watching yeah. the rope get more yeah. and more frayed, and then you see the shadows go off, and then the frayed rope goes back on screen, and you hear like the screams of everybody. But you never mm-hmm. actually see the yeah. bodies. So, yeah, it's, it, that's, it's actually better that way, isn't it? Like there's something so... Leaving it up to the, the, the uh, imagination, yeah. It's tasteful. It really is. Mm-hmm. Like I think even if I was making a rated R version of this, I would maybe even go that route. Like that's so good. You know, it leaves it up to the imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's just it's beautifully done. Uh, the way they do it, and of course, it's a lot of the things that Btaz does is, is beautifully done. But this this take especially, it's very yeah. poignant the way that they did the Robin origin, and it's probably my favorite of the adaptations. Uh, let's see. Jim Gordon yeah. is afraid to leave Dick there because in this version, you know, is like, oh, he said that he saw Zuko. That means Dick is a material witness. So Bruce is like, hey, what if I take him in? Because who's going to go after me in my mansion if everybody knows that he's with me? You know, so Gordon's like, um, kind of weird, but I'm out of <laughs> options. So <laughs> this might be sure, the first version where Dick goes to Bruce for witness protection. For his own safety, uh, which That's is interesting from here. Gordon's perspective. Like, you know, this is looking like a mob hit on uh-huh. this family. We have a mm-hmm. surviving family member. Yeah. This kid is a minor. We got to do something about this kid. Yeah. So, yeah, the whole the cop perspective is always so interesting. Yeah, that that's good. Plus, that's you've good got stuff. that added thing of like, does Gordon know that Bruce is Batman at right. this point? As he figured it out, and he's kind of just like, hmm, well, I can't think of a safer place in the back of his head. Right. I, I, you know, I love that interpretation where there's – it's in B-Taz, too, where he says, mm-hmm. like, Bullock says, you know who he is? And then mm-hmm. Gordon responds, I don't want to know. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just exactly. so – it's just like 
Gordon's just like, I just let him be Batman. I don't. I, I just. <laughs> he's helping. The city's a piece of shit. You know, we. <laughs> I just don't have yeah. time to care about that right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in this version, Zuko is the nephew to Arnold Stromwell, an established mobster who was created for BTAS and is in a few other episodes. So that's interesting that Zuko is connected to pre-existing mobsters uh, okay. in this continuity. Batman tries to get after him there, but Zuko gets away. And when he gets back home, Alfred's the one who encourages Bruce like, hey, uh, be there for the boy as a friend. Uh, and that's when Bruce says like, hey, my parents were killed too by criminals and, and talks to him about the pain. Uh, and that, and Gordon would scene. know that it's a famous, famous death in this story. The Waynes dying; they're rich people, right? Yeah, I that mean, too. Yeah, it's so Gordon. Yeah, obviously, I'm just still looking from Gordon's perspective, especially yeah, so, if it's the Gordon from yeah. later continuities who is there the night that Bruce loses his parents and sees the tragedy and how it affects the boy at that time. It's a little tough to believe that, like years later, he's just going to be like, "Oh yeah, of course he turned into this vapid playboy." Like it's, <laughs> it's unlikely right. to me that he's gonna just side with the public image of that. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, um, yeah. Interestingly enough, in part two of Robin's Reckoning, we see Bruce training Dick in fencing before Dick knows that he's Batman. Okay. So Bruce is already trying to, I guess, give him some physical outlet at the time, but maybe not train him to be a sidekick yet. It. Makes sense. I'm liking that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but then Gordon, here's another thing that gives the clue that Gordon might know Bruce is Batman, but Gordon randomly shows up at Wayne Manor to say, like, hey, uh, we might be close to catching Zuko. He's been spotted in this area of the city. <laughs> Again, interestingly, yeah. Gordon shows up just to tell Bruce that. I mean, story-wise, it's mainly so that Dick can overhear and try to track down Zuko himself. Yeah, yeah. But... Not, not exactly watertight. Um, <laughs> yeah. A little weird, but... Yeah, yeah. But whatever. if it's just like, "Hey, <clears throat> Batman, uh, this is what's going on," <laughs> it makes a little bit more sense. I mean, I don't so, know, but I know, but I don't know. Just don't worry about it. He's yeah, gonna be yeah. Zuko's gonna be there tomorrow. Uh, so Dick goes out on the streets. He was wearing like this newspapers boy's hat, which is interesting because in Detective Comics number thirty-eight, one of the first disguises that he takes on before he debuts as Robin is being a newspaper boy. So maybe that's a reference. Maybe not. Who knows? Um, Gotham but, is just all, and it's it it should. I mean, I like that look, but it, it is kind mm-hmm. of like a mix of modern plus what Art Deco, yeah. you know that that whole look. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, yeah. sure, Paper Boys, yeah, yeah, whatever. So <laughs> as as Paper Boy Dick, he goes around the city trying to find. I'm upset Zuko. by the lack, the absolute paucity <laughs> of dick jokes in this episode. <laughs> so far, well, we'll make it up to you. He's nine or ten years old. Oh yeah, we're waiting until <laughs> he's a little so older. We can do. We're waiting until he's a little older. That's why. That's the. We'll reason. wait till Batman Forever. Yeah. So in this version, 45, 45 in that <laughs> one. Yes. So. Yes. Uh, he helps save a girl who's implied to be a sex worker. Uh, named... When I make the dick jokes, I'm thinking of mainly <laughs> Burt Ward's luscious package. As I said, the problem is that they never covered the origin in Batman sixty six. The, the so origin of really his talk. package. The origin of his package isn't in continuity, <laughs> so I can't cover that in this episode. <laughs> Burt Ward, if you come on our show, <laughs> we will give you all of the time to talk about the dog food you sell. Uh, you know about that, right? We talked about this before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk yeah. about your dog food if you also talk to us about how they went after you <laughs> and made you take pills <laughs> because of your dick. <laughs> like, we're talking like we're doing him a favor. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> Come on, man. I mean, I, I know I'm the one that brought it up, but... <laughs> Hopefully this can uh, help you go some places, Mr. Ward. Yeah, maybe you'll do something with your life. <laughs> okay, anyway, the Beat Taz version of Dick Grayson what goes around. pills, by the way? I fucking can't get over <laughs> we that. We talked about this, yeah. There's dick shrinking pills? Get those away from me. You don't want to take those, yeah. <laughs> All right, so little Dick in Beat Taz is looking, going around looking for Zuko, and... Uh, He's uh, He helps save a girl who's implied to be a sex worker named Chi-Chi. So there's that name again. Check out the Aronofsky year one deep dive. Chi-Chi, yes. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yes. Chi-Chi. It means titty him. in both Japanese and Spanish. <laughs> Chi-Chi treats him to a meal where the waitress points out where she knows where Zuko is. So finally, uh, Dick finds Zuko and confronts him. And Zuko, of course, being a grown-ass man and Dick being nine or ten years old at this point. <laughs> It's not even much of a contest, and Batman has to save him. Uh, and then Zuko gets Dick's away. Like, Why, yada? <laughs> uh, Zuko gets away and won't be seen again for another nine years, which is when the present story takes place. And Batman takes the kid to the Batcave, and he's just like, "Tell me, how badly do you want Tony Zuko?" And that's when he unmasks, and Dick finds out that Bruce Wayne is Batman, and decides to stay on full time wow. and become Robin. Um, Great adaptation. However, there is no explanation for the Robin costume or the name. The costume does not match up with what the Graysons are wearing in the episode. So I'm assuming we're going to get to a story that does explain the costume. Uh, Other than red-breasted Robin, or is that it? Or pretty much. I mean, we got the whole Graysons wearing it. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Sorry. Yes. So that's the main thing. Uh, but yeah, 1993's Robin's Reckoning, a classic. Uh, obviously, you've seen this one, Andrew. Uh, I've seen that one, yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess, do you have any other memories of these episodes? Because I know there's so much class, there's so many classic episodes uh, in this one. But this this is one of the ones that I, like, I think I've rewatched several times. Those along with, you know, Laughing Fish. Uh, God, there's so many. Uh, in Heart of Ice, obviously, Feet of Clay on those are is this like high on your rewatch list or not so much i haven't rewatched it recently so i guess no i mean i it's a good mm-hmm. episode or is it two how many it's two-parter yeah two-parter yeah um i don't like it as much as the others but mm-hmm. i don't know maybe i have to rewatch it though you know i don't know I, there's I, a great yeah it's been a, a great, while it's been a while since i've seen it actually you should at least check out the end of part two where Lauren Lester's Robin finally confronts Zuko and it's it's definitely one of the best performances he's given in terms okay. of what you're really selling it I should have yeah. watched it before this but I was too much too busy watching ba- Brave and the Bold <laughs> also my fault <laughs> that I got you on that <laughs> it's good it's so good though yeah it is it's it's amazing yeah. Uh, unfortunately, no Robin origin in that, but there are some interesting episodes with Robin in it, so that's cool. Uh, yeah. But we're going to jump now. I am going to temporarily switch this out uh, on video. I switched out my Funko stuff for Funko Val Kilmer with the Riddler envelope. So here we go, because we're going to be covering. The, I want the hat. I wish I had a hat, everybody. Batman for, <laughs> the Santa hat Batman that he's forever. wearing. <laughs> I really uh, do. So we have Batman Forever. Obviously, we've covered this extensively in four episodes of this podcast, but we're going to summarize this pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, if you guys want a Batman Forever deep dive, we we got it. 
We got it. It's on YouTube. Yeah. This, we weren't parts, doing yeah. a whole lot. We didn't do video for those, sadly enough, but the uh, audio is on YouTube. It's on Spotify, iTunes. Four those parts. Our Four. most popular, yeah, some of our most popular episodes of the Batman Forever ones. We interview the gosh dang screenwriters. Yep. So screenwriters Janet and uh, Lee Batchelor, they're a couple, uh, wrote the initial drafts, and then they were revised by Akiva Goldsman. Uh, Janet Bachelor even told us in the interview, so check out that interview, that Robin was the reason why she got into Batman comics. Robin was a girl's name, and she felt that she could at least relate to that. She couldn't be Batman, but maybe one day she could be Robin. That's It's representation, idea. right? It's weird. Like, Robin yeah. is... I know he's not a minority, but, you know, there's all kinds of ways for representation, you know? Mm-hmm. So... I mean, it's, what do I know? I'm a white dude. But but it seems <laughs> that way as far yeah. as what I can gather. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so various changes from the Robin origin that had been established at the time. <clears throat> so first off, Dick Grayson is older than he is in the comics. He is not 10 or 9 or 12. He's 45 in this version. <laughs> uh, no, How in the old script, is he supposed to be? He's, he's 17 years old in the script. 17? How old Chris was O'Donnell he in the movie? was 25 when he was shooting this we joke that he was 20 25 in the 90s though that might as well be 40 <laughs> uh john and mary grayson are shot down by two-face but not just them but they gave robin a brother in this who is named chris in the script but seems to be named mitch in the movie probably so he's not confused with chris o'donnell uh, uh yeah it was written before they cast yeah, the brother yeah. was added because the screenwriters, the Bachelors, had an assistant, as they told us in the interview, uh, who worked at the circus and said that, realistically, trapeze artists would have more than just three members. It would have a whole family. So they gave uh, an yeah. extra sibling in there, which makes a lot of sense, honestly. That was in- the, the Bachelors, the screenwriters of Batman Forever, <laughs> the ones tasked with bringing the first since Burt Ward? Like, live-action Robin? Yeah. Like, you know, it's been a long time, and they have an actual circus performer, trapeze artist friend to help them out with that part of mm-hmm. it. So I thought that, yeah. honestly, that was one of the more interesting parts of that episode for me. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, but check out more details of that in, uh, check out our channel. I think it's called The Truth Behind Burton's Batman 3, where they tell us what really what happened, what really happened in terms of how they got hired to write Batman Forever. And How many people have trapeze artist friends? You know, and <laughs> they're know, writing fucking Robin? Yeah. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, it's fantastic. That's, just, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a hell of a coincidence. Uh, yeah. But let's see. I believe, uh, yeah, the actors were Larry A. Lee as John Grayson, Gloria, I mean, Glory Fior. Fiora Monti, sorry, I might have butchered your name, Glory, as Mary Grayson, and uh, I don't think the actor who played the brother was credited because I couldn't find anything. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> here, it's Oops. not Boss. It's not Boss Zuko, but it's Tommy Lee Jones's Two Face who comes to the charity circus and threatens everyone with a bomb unless Batman steps forward. Overacting like a motherfucker. Yes. Bruce Wayne is there with Chase Meridian and screams, Harvey, I'm Batman, but nobody seems to hear him, including Chase Meridian, who's right next to him. Uh, so Grayson's trying to stop Two-Face's bomb. Two-Face shoots the, shoots up and uh, shoots the lines down. They all fall and die, but Dick survives because he was at the top. I would like to bomb. see somebody Alan Moore the shit out of a Chase Meridian and Max Shrek comic. Like they've <laughs> they've never been brought into the comics, right? Not once. Like uh, they got the rights, stuff right? Stuff that's out of continuity, yeah. Like only stuff that's out of continuity for Chase Meridian, I think. Oh, okay. Well, there was like there was one comic from the Legends of the Dark Knight from the digital comics that had oh. her in it, but 
uh, it's Max Shrek it not once. Different. Max Shrek not once. Yeah, not even once. Are you kidding me? Is does what's his I, name have a special deal with Warner Brothers? Like I just <laughs> don't, you just hardly ever so, see that they don't bring Warner, back. Give me some of the rights, <laughs> Max Shrek. <laughs> give me something. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Probably because it would. You, it's a similar thing because when they brought Chase Meridian into the comics, she looked very different. She was not blonde. She was multiracial, I think, um, because they did not have the rights to Nicole Kidman's likeness. So if you're going to bring in Max Shrek, but he's not going to look like Christopher Walken, there's kind of this cognitive dissonance there. You know, they change looks all the time, though, don't they? Like, I don't know. I just feel like... Yeah. I mean, maybe they're too ancillary at this point. Like, who gives a fuck? But I don't know. They always bring back characters, it seems like. We got Crazy Quilt to come back, didn't we? Scott <laughs> Snyder fucking brought back Crazy Crazy Quilt. Crazy Quilt, Chase, yeah. Chase Meridian yeah. and Max Kite Shrek. Kite Man. Tom King do, redoing Kite Man. Are you, like, come on, dude. Harley Quinn, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, they, they bring back all these characters, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, let's see. Bruce obviously invites Dick to stay at Wayne Manor, where he adopts this 45-year-old who... For some reason, needs to be adopted. Uh, Dick is set oh, on leaving shit. to track down Two Face and kill him, but eventually stays and ends up finding the Batcave, as we talked about. And that's actually closer to the original Jason Todd's discovery uh, of the cave rather than any version of Dick Grayson at the time. So one could argue, uh, in some ways, a combination of that plus having Two Face kill his parents and his rebellious nature that Chris O'Donnell's Robin is kind of more of an adaptation of Jason Todd than of Dick Grayson in some ways. They put so. a little bit of dick into Jason Todd for <laughs> 45-year-old Chris O'Donnell. Yes. For that they did. for Batman Still, Forever. Yes, they did. Yeah. Okay. Um that's what I'm saying. They put a little bit of dick in Jason. <laughs> so, <laughs> just the tip. So he oh, wants to become damn. Batman's we'll, partner. Maybe we'll get tired of it at some point. I don't know. <laughs> I can't guarantee the listener that <laughs> really at all, though. He he wants to become Batman's partner and uses his old circus outfit when he saves Bruce Wayne. So we do have the whole idea of the Robin outfit kind of being modeled after the Flying Graysons. But as I said, it's a little bit more excusable in this version because the Robin outfit, which I'll show here for our YouTube viewers, looks very different from the usual Robin outfit with uh, rubber nipples and all. Bo so. Burt Ward didn't even need that <laughs> accentuation that he has. No, he did not, yeah. Uh, let's see. Robin comes from the name that his father nicknamed him when he saved his brother and, quote-unquote, flew in like a robin and thus has the red robin, uh, I guess, outline of a bird on his biker helmet. Uh, so this is actually uh, around the same time as another comic I'm about to go into that has a family explanation behind the name of Robin, but this is one of the first times that the name Robin is connected to a nickname that a family member has given him. Okay. Is through Batman and Batman Forever. Now, this did get released in June 1995, but as you can imagine, this was also written in advance. So this Probably, explanation God, technically... Maybe even late 92, <clears throat> 93, you know? like it was... 93 at the earliest, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so technically this still predates the comic book version, which would have had a lot shorter time between being written to being published. So I would say I would credit Batman Forever first, and maybe it's a form of corporate synergy that this other comic I'm about to go into had the same idea. Uh, let's see. Other thoughts on the Batman Forever Robin, Andrew? <sighs> Other than being 45 years old, um, yes. not really. I mean, you know, I remember, like, when I was a kid seeing this in the theater, mm. I 
I liked him. I thought he was cool enough. You know, it wasn't my favorite mm-hmm. thing. Like I was a huge Jim Carrey fan, actually. Mm-hmm. So it was it was just Val Kilmer, Batman, and and Jim Carrey for me. That right, was like yeah. the, the top two reasons to see this movie for when this movie came out in 95? 95, yeah. I was 11, mm-hmm. okay? Or just about to turn 11. So, like, God, perfect timing. But anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I liked him, but it wasn't my favorite thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think, <clears throat> I don't think Robin's anyone's favorite thing of Batman Forever, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will say though that like Batman Forever was finally a time where they brought in Robin because they were considering it for Batman 89 and Batman Returns and I'm just going to say this thank god for Joel Schumacher cuz Tim Burton had no interest in actually doing Robin well or doing bringing Robin to life really he, he was right. kind of forced into it Joel Schumacher on the other hand always associated Robin with Batman and had a genuine love for that idea. Um, So you can debate about how well he brought Robin in, but I'm glad that he at least had, I'm just saying, I'm glad that when Robin was brought to screen, it was by somebody who had a passion for it and wasn't just forced to do it by the studio. Again, when HBO max releases the (laughs) Schumacher cut, we're going to have redemption like a motherfucker. And like people will, well, you know, Batman Robin will always be kind of, you know, not great for many people, but Schumacher. Mm. I don't know, man. Like, I, if that cut ever gets released, we're gonna fucking like, mm-hmm. dude. It's gonna change yeah. a lot of people's yeah. like opinions about Batman Forever and and all that shit. Like, Schumacher will be looked really well upon. I mean, he's yeah. already. I mean, Forever is already kind of seen as not nearly as bad as Batman and Robin is, but right. it's gonna be like even more so, right? So yeah, yeah, it's gonna be. Dude, HBO Max is just stupid not to put that on there. They're already doing the Snyder Cut. Are you if kidding they, if me? Not, yeah, it depends on what they can actually do. Because yeah. it's a different situation than Zack Snyder uh, being able to finish his cut because Joel Schumacher is not around anymore, and we're talking about footage that is several. You know, it's 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 old. It's 15 years old. Wait, no, 25 oh, years old. They Jesus. got the 35 millimeters <laughs> somewhere. Uh, but I mean. Again, this is not to shit on Burton's Batman movies, but I think even fans of the Burton Batman movies can say, thank God Robin was not in them because yeah. he just it doesn't fit in those. But I think, no. to me, he fits in Batman Forever. And I'm glad that it was Schumacher who brought him in as opposed to Burton who would have felt like he was forced to bring him in. Right. So, But yeah, check out more of our Batman Forever thoughts in our four-part deep dive. Who knew that we would have even more to discuss on it, but uh, apparently we still do. (laughs) So, uh, But yeah, moving on. So around the same time, and I think this is some corporate synergy here. They're just like, hey, we're doing a Robin origin movie with Batman Forever. Let's redo the origin again since it's been a good uh, six years since year three. So we have Robin Annual Number 4 by Chuck Dixon art by Jason Armstrong and Robert Campanella, where we also redo the origin again. Uh, Is he jumping are... through glass Batman style on that one? Wait, what do you mean? Oh, never mind. There's some comic where Robin, it's Robin Zero. It was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And I ordered a signed copy from QVC. I'm not kidding. <laughs> and uh, I have, it's, it's at my parents' house somewhere, a signed copy of that. I mean, it's probably yeah. worth nothing, but, mm-hmm. you know. Um, anyway, I, yeah. To me, I think the comment, the cover is just him swooping down. It's, it's just, just Robin, just 
there's a picture of him in the air. Uh, but anyways, we're back to the acid being on the ropes. Okay. Causing that. Uh, in this version, instead of the whole father nickname, it's now his mother's nickname for him because he was born on the first day of spring. So, okay. spring, Robin, this is, this is one of many explanations in terms of why uh, he's given the name Robin later on due to his family. Um, okay. Similar to year three, Dick cannot stay with the circus after the death of his parents, but instead of going to an <clears throat> orphanage, he ends up at what seems like a social services youth center where he gets beaten up by other kids. Okay. So this is a very different take. Um, he tries to run away, but he ends up running into Batman. So he's back to meeting Batman first. Uh, Batman tells him, you know, I I have a similar story to yours when I was young sort of thing, sort of hinting that, you know, my parents were also killed. And he promises uh, that he won't be there for long. But he does say, like, hey, the cops were wrong about your parents. So here's an interesting okay. twist here. The cops ruled the death of the Graysons as an accident because they couldn't find any evidence that the ropes were cut. And Batman was like, there was no evidence the ropes were cut because they weren't. They were burned off by acid, and the cops weren't looking for that. So he's already figured Couldn't that they out. they say that the ropes are burned, though? Or no, maybe it leaves no trace, I guess, on... I, I don't know. Okay, uh, all right, we'll let it go. Studied, I have not studied the effect of acid on ropes, believe it or not. Uh, it just looks like a frayed, maybe, <laughs> from acid maybe, effects yeah. on it. Yeah, something yeah, like maybe. that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Dick ends up getting Bruce as a foster parent. So once again, Alfred picks him up, like in year three, and Dick ends up meeting Bruce, who brings up how his parents were killed, too, when he was a young boy. However, where year three has Bruce immediately be like, so uh, you want to fight crime? Here's my Batcave. Uh, in this version, <laughs> in this version, come Bruce, on in, Dick. Uh, does not reveal his secret identity. So Dick Grayson is kind of just like, I don't know why this guy adopted me. He's barely around. <laughs> so, what year is this? This is in the comics, right? What year? Uh, year in our world, or no, in real, in real, in real life, 1993? nineteen ninety-five. This is the same year as Nin Batman Forever. Oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 So Dick's like, all right, whatever. This Bruce guy doesn't pay any attention to me. So he sneaks out on his own to visit the circus where Haley of Haley's circus is getting threatened by more mobsters about paying up. And uh, Haley ends up getting shot to death in front of him. So this is the death of uh, the owner of the circus. And Dick tries to go after the killers when he gets saved by Batman. So Batman shows up, takes him to the Batcave. And he brings up that he needs, in order to investigate the death of the Graysons, he needs someone on the inside, someone who is part of the circus, because he believes that this was an inside job right. in terms of who killed the Graysons. So that's interesting. Uh, and so to gain his trust, he brings Dick up from the Batcave into Wayne Manor and then takes off the mask and reveals that he's Bruce Wayne, which oh, then shit. subsequently makes Alfred walk in, notice what's happening, and spills his tray. <laughs> wow. Uh, Alfred does not seem to get along with Dick Grayson in this version and does not seem to want Bruce to take him in. So that's an interesting uh, flip on expectations because you would think it'd be the opposite right? Uh, on here. But I think Alfred already sees Bruce as kind of insane in this version and uh, doesn't like the <laughs> idea of him putting the child in any more danger than the child already is. Uh, but this, I believe, is the first comic to establish that Batman only wants to work with Dick temporarily and doesn't actually plan to turn him into a full-time partner later. So, uh, okay. I, to me, and let me know what you think, to me this is, feels a little bit more realistic because he doesn't immediately reveal his secret identity. He only does it after this kid's proven that he's just going to get into a lot of trouble. And then he doesn't immediately want to turn him into a partner either as opposed to Detective Comics 38 where he's immediately like, 
your parents were killed too. Let me adopt you and let's swear to fight crime together. Like it's a little. No, yeah, I, I agree. Out. I agree. I I like this way a little bit more than that one. And mm-hmm. uh, what's the reason that he doesn't get along with Alfred, or Alfred doesn't like him? It is just Alfred just thinks he shouldn't be there. <laughs> Alfred just doesn't think he should be there, and apparently he this for whatever reason is implied that Alfred doesn't like working with kids now. And I'm like, that doesn't <laughs> seem like it's. He worked stays with Bruce. true to the character. <laughs> yeah. So this yeah. is retcon- this is like it's unique because we don't see Alfred like this in any other version. So this we'll just chalk it up to this version of it. Okay. Yeah, that that just seems a little off to me. I mean, I think the mm-hmm. main the main beat there should be Alfred's basically like we we got kids in here now, Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's going on? Yeah. Exactly. Like he, he must be thinking like, is this is like a midlife crisis kind of th- even more, even like on a different level than you being Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's exactly. going on here? Uh, but Bruce still makes Alfred train Robin in criminology, forensics, and police science in, in this version. Where while Bruce is training him in martial arts, so he's being trained for six months before he's even allowed to be Robin in this version. Still, six months seems a little bit. Yeah, soon. it's not quite. I think they're still trying to have because remember there's still main continuity so yeah. you can't really deny that Dick Grayson fought crime as Robin as a kid in this version as opposed okay. to B-Taz where they're just like we were only going to show you Robin as a kid we we control our own continuity they ever go into like Dick being like sleepy at school like he's <laughs> he, I'm sure fight, there's stuff yeah like fighting crime sure at night in. and then asleep in <laughs> class yeah there probably is um, I I can't recall something off the top of my head about it, but I'm probably I'm sure there's been something. Okay, maybe it's just a waste uh, of pages or something. Th- like, actually, we got to get think, back to Batman punching people. I think it's in the Batman show, the one from 2004, the animated series. I think it's in there. Is it in there? Okay, yeah, I think it's actually in there. I think there's. I remember there being a whole subplot with him in class and not doing very well because he's always out there fighting crime. <laughs> so yeah. Bruce, not the, the best parent at times. Great idea. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Dick designs his. Uh, Basically, they're like, okay, what type of suit do you want? And apparently, it's implied that Alfred and Bruce draw up all these designs of him being like Bat Boy or something like that. And Dick's like, I don't want to be Bat Boy. I want to be my own guy, my own identity. And he chooses Robin because of the whole thing of his mom naming, nicknaming him Robin because of the fact he's born on the first day of spring. So, And I'm choosing these shorts. <laughs> you can't do anything about it. Yeah, exactly. I've done too many squats. <laughs> and too many leg thruster things, whatever mm-hmm. they're called. <laughs> Quad exercises. Leg press, maybe. Yeah. Leg press. Um, All of those. So Batman and Robin end up debuting, and they actually face Riddler, Poison Ivy, Joker, and Two-Face before Tony Zuko in this version. <laughs> Batman's so. like, I'm going to make you wait. <laughs> I'm going to make gonna you wait get to mine before first yeah. <laughs> before you get to uh, yours. Zuko is back to being the fat version from the 40s. Uh, as opposed to the thin version from BTAS in year three. Uh, and we find out that Zuko has his fingers in all the union rackets, and he wanted Haley's circus to either go union or pay him the protection money. And Haley didn't do either, and so that's why the Graysons uh, were killed. However, in this version, Zuko was not the one to uh, do the hit himself, nor was okay. it any of his henchmen. It was actually, bringing it back to the 1946 Superman radio show, the Ringmaster. <laughs> The okay. ringmaster was the inside job in this one, so we're kind of combining the Superman radio show with the traditional stuff. Uh, the ringmaster uh, used acid on the ropes in order to pay off his gambling debts to Zuko. So 
Robin. I like that too, though. That's pretty yeah. real. It sounds kind of real, honestly. Yeah, and so it also feels more personal because instead yeah. of just like, hey, this one random mobster decided to pick on my parents, now it's, hey, this guy betrayed me and he was part of my family before. Right, right, right. Uh, so Robin finds the ringmaster, chases him down, and the ringmaster is basically, they're like jumping on top of the uh, the trailers uh, of the circus because the circus is about to travel, and the ringmaster ends up falling into the tiger's den and mauled to death. Wow. Uh, so kind of dark, but, uh, you know, this is Robin, this is him basically getting his comeuppance without Robin actually killing him deliberately. So uh, That happens pretty at, quick after. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and at the end, Batman's like, all right, I guess you're my partner now. And that's the end of uh, Robin annual uh, number four. Okay. So that's their take on it. Uh, personally, I like, I do like the Ringmaster thing. It is a little bit more convoluted than the usual Robin origin. What do you think? I like the Ringmaster thing. Um, it being like... I assume that a lot of the circus is like functions like a family, even outside of just the Graysons. Mm. And yeah. to a circus performer, I could be wrong, but like the ringmaster is a father figure mm-hmm. to the rest of them. Yeah. The ring you know, the ringmaster is a circus owner, right? Like the ringmaster is Haley? Uh not in this version. Haley's okay. the owner, but uh Rutledge is his name is is the ringmaster, so it depends. Okay, it depends on the version. Okay, well, still he's like a top guy, and it's just like, even if it's more convoluted, maybe it's, it's a story of betrayal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, within and the like family, well. within a, yeah. it's not by blood, but you know, his circus family. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think that that really, <clears throat> for me, that works. Yeah, definitely. I I do like that element, and it seems to be missing from other versions of this. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Moving on. Two years later, they decide to retell the origin again in Legends <laughs> of the Dark Knight number 100. And you were tired oh, of those pearls falling into the street <laughs> after the Waynes are being shot? Well, we got more Robin shit, too. To be fair, as you've noticed, we got a huge variety of the different ways that the Graysons fall, though, or the different reasons why. That's true. So Meanwhile, we- Krypton just fucking explodes <laughs> every time. Um, <laughs> this is by the late, great Denny O'Neill. The guy who didn't even like Robin's existence, but he creates his own Robin origin in this one. Art is by Dave Taylor. This was released as Legends of the Dark Knight number 100 in 1997 in a story called The Choice. Uh, obviously referring to Dick's choice to become Robin. Uh, so, once again, Dick overhears somebody threaten Mr. Haley. In this version, it's not Zuko, but a henchman in a cowboy hat that I'm just going to call Cowboy Hat. So, Cowboy <laughs> Hat <laughs> threatens Haley. Uh, and uh, when he tr- when Dick tries to tell his parents about what's been going on, John tells him not now. Uh, Bruce again is in the audience. There's a nice beat here where Bruce pays for everyone in line in terms of their ticket because not everyone can afford the circus, uh, and he even pays for a family with a boy named Tim who might be Tim Drake. So okay, uh, again, still keeping in continuity with that. Uh, there's a nice beat where Bruce sees these all the families and knows he can never have one of his own. So that's uh, nice foreshadowing. A nice little character. Is this, moment. Uh, this is also mid-90s. 1997, yeah. 97, gotcha. So yeah. the same year you see bat nipples and ice skates in the Batman suit <laughs> with George Clooney and Batman Robin, you get this introspective character moment of Bruce Wayne feeling like he will never get a family I was that is a luxury he can't afford. literally ran out of my mom's van 
<laughs> running to the theater at probably the East Dell Mall in Montgomery, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And there were some other kids waiting in line to get their tickets. And I w- and the, the kid said, run, Forrest, run, <laughs> making fun of me. And I had mm-hmm. never even heard that joke before. It was new at the time, I guess. But anyway, I remember the exact fucking day I saw fucking <laughs> Batman Robin in the theater. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Running yeah. to such a, you know, well, not the best Batman movie. It could be because they wanted to do some promotional tie-in that they decided to retell the origin. Because, again, noticeably, the previous time they retold it was the same year that Batman Forever came out. So now they're retelling it the same year that Batman and Robin comes out. Coincidence? I think not. No, so, that, they all plan this shit, I think. Yeah, yeah. this is, yeah. Corporate synergy. Definitely planned, Uh, I'd say. Murder happens as usual. Grayson's fall to their deaths. At this point, it's just like seeing Martha's Pearls. Uh, (laughs) Especially if you're you're like me and researching for this episode. (laughs) So Bruce is in the audience, and he sees the rope that's been cut uh, as it falls with the Grayson's, and he pretends to drop his hat into the circus ring as an excuse to go into the circus and pick up the rope and and put it basically pocket it and get evidence so that they can investigate so that's kind of a cool beat yeah Um, yeah definitely dick knows that cowboy hat is behind this and immediately goes to cowboy Cowboy hat Hat. (laughs) he's never named uh yeah yeah he goes to cowboy hat and he knows like he knows this is a murder he knows cowboy hat was behind him because there's no way it was an accident because his dad always checks the ropes before they go up to perform uh, Batman saves him in this confrontation and the circus folk allow Batman to take Dick uh, away as they call the police on Cowboy Hat. So automatically Cowboy Hat is going to jail. Uh, the murderer of Dick Grayson's parents is going to jail. But his boss, Boss Zuko, is still a part of the story. So Zuko, again, back to being the fat version, he wanted to basically use the circus to transport and smuggle goods in this version. Okay. That's why he wants the circus. So there's an explanation added in terms of why they're hitting the circus because at this point in the 90s, that seems like a really weird idea to extort a circus. So now there's a better explanation. Uh, He has Cowboy Hat killed in prison so he won't talk. So there goes Cowboy Hat. Um, There's a cool detail that Batman, like in Batman Forever, is investigating the Riddler. But when Dick comes to Wayne Manor, he decides to shift focus and help the boy because of how similar they are to each other. Uh, eventually, Dick, thanks to information from Cowboy Hat before he was killed, uh, finds out where Zuko hangs out uh, at a place called Oxy's Club. And okay. uh, Dick goes to Oxy's Club to confront Zuko. A bunch, There's a fight that ensues, uh, and Dick basically climbs up to the roof. Everybody tries to go up and chase him up there, but Batman takes out all the other thugs, basically leaving Dick and Zuko to confront each other on the rooftop. Uh, and as Dick is trying to get justice for his parents, Zuko collapses and dies of heart failure in this. Mm, I feel like I've heard this before. Uh, this There's a reason why this sounds familiar, and those who are listening to this who have not read Legends of the Dark Knight number 100 but have read Dark Victory by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale are finding this uh, very familiar because this is actually what Jeff Loeb based Dark Victory's origin on. Okay. Uh, maybe uh, I read that. I can't fucking remember read what, I, what yeah. I read, <laughs> what I watched. I don't fucking know. Yeah, Although yeah. I remember where I see movies. I remember every th- movie theater I've seen a movie in. Mm. Like, I could tell you the th- movie theater I saw Jurassic Park in, but I don't gotcha. remember other shit. Gotcha. 
Uh, let's see, back at Wayne Manor, Dick reveals he didn't want Zuko to die. He just didn't want another kid to face the same pain that he did. And, of course, Bruce shows up as Batman, but without the cowl on. And that's how he reveals that he's Batman yet again and offers <laughs> Dick the choice to help him and then just gives him the suit and the name. So, basically, here's the green Speedo and the booties. Your name's yeah. Robin. Let's do this. Uh, <laughs> I got a sweet, sweet costume for you. Uh, there's an interesting beat that ends where that ends the story where Bruce says he'll be his mentor, his teacher, and his partner, but I won't be your father, is the way he tells him. Wow. Dick well, that. okay, so, yeah. That's honest, though. Yeah, so... That's honest. Not, no kid wants to hear, I'll be your new father, when your fucking father was just fucking just killed. Just died, yeah, yeah. Just died but of I think any, part of that yeah. is... D- maybe Bruce also doesn't just doesn't want to cross that level of <laughs> that level of intimacy yet. Yeah, he, yeah, that, that's uh, that's also that's probably the main reason. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, when we get back to the break, back from the break, I will talk a little bit about the two Robin origins I decided to leave out of this episode and why. So we will dive into that after. <laughs> My name's Jeff Ale. Hi, Jeff L. I'm Nightwing. Hey, man. Uh, so, uh, I was wondering if you wanted to go fly over to, uh, to one of them there planets over yonder way. Uh, I guess I could if you got, like, a spaceship or something for me. No, man, you're Nightwing. Come on, let's do it. I know it's Nightwing. Oh, you think... I- no, I- I'm not that Nightwing. I'm... It's a little confusing, I understand, but, uh... There's only it's- one Nightwing, man. And you are him. In Krypton, yeah, but over here, you see, I'm I'm human. I'm not a Kryptonian. I can't do a lot of the stuff. I've seen that ass, man, and let me tell you, it's not even human. It is straight up godly. Well, thank you very much, I squat. I don't know why that's relevant, but thank you. Anyway. The planet's not too far away, man, especially these days. Nibiru, let's head over and over there, dude. You gotta see Flamebird, don't you? You wanna see Flamebird? You're waiting, you got a date tonight or something? What the hell is Nibiru? There's Mars, there's Jupiter. We don't have planets named Nibiru around It's the 12th planet, man. They got good beer there, dude. I don't know. Godly beer. All right, look, I'll I'll have you meet, Cl- like, your name is, your name is Jeff? Jeff L. Jeff L. Jeff L. My name's, you can call me Jeff. Jeffel. Je- well, yeah, that's, that's good. Okay. Some people call me that, but Je- just Jeff's okay. Okay, Je- Jeff, it looks like you should meet Superman. I don't think I'm the guy you want to talk to about this stuff. I can't even... I-, I need one of these things as a grappling hook to get over to this building over there. I can't even fly. Superman is lame, dude. I want Nightwing, a god himself. <laughs> hey, guys, it's Dead Man. I'm here again. Somebody call my name. I like to just show up randomly sometimes. D- Dead man, I think I got this handled. I don't think you're. I don't. Can you even inhabit Kryptonians? Sure. Why not? All right. Let's give it a spin. All right. Get in this guy so he can get off my back. Whoa! Oh man, my name is Balsam Brand. I, I still have the accent though. That's fine then. All right. Now you can stop annoying me. I can go off to stop some crime from Blockbuster or something. Thanks, Boston. <laughs> Blockbuster? What decade is this? It's not the rental store. It's the guy's name. I know. I oh. know what you mean, but he, he really likes video rentals. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> I'm leaving this guy. Kryptonian body's too much, man. I'm out of here. You handle him. Boston, wait. That ass is straight up godly. Uh. 
All right, everybody, if you like that sketch right there, we have that plus news, plus we're bringing back some opinion pieces and uh, review type stuff and all kinds of stuff in our $5 tier on Patreon. So just go to patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. And if you become part of the $5 tier, you can see these new bonus episodes. Basically, consider it Superhouse DLC. Oh! It doesn't matter who I am. What matters is that you're listening to superhero stuff you should know. When this episode is ashes, then you have my permission to die. All right, welcome back, everybody, to our 80th anniversary special on Robin. As you've noticed, we started in 1993, and uh, we basically just got through 1997 right now. This is the era where everybody wanted to retell Robin's fucking origin and did their <laughs> own takes on it. <laughs> so, I got one. <laughs> Notice how we went. We had that huge from 19, 1946 to 1989 in the last version, and now it's just like. Yeah, 1993, 1995, 1995, 1997. Yeah, now we're one hour in. So, like, it's still no it's pants. It's ridiculous. Still no pants. Uh, and I don't think he's ever going to get them, uh, at least in these retellings. Um, okay. But, yeah, as I teased before the break, there are two Robin origins I decided to leave out, partially due to time, because, again, this is already a two parter as it is, and we're already close to an hour into this episode. Uh, and also due to the fact that they do not fit as well into the Evolution episode as I had hoped. However, they are two very popular Robin origins, so I have to at least acknowledge them. One of those is the one I mentioned earlier, Dark Victory from 1999 by Jeff Lope and Tim Sale, one of the most popular Batman stories, and it seems crazy, but I did not include it because Dark Victory, bold statement, adds little to the Robin origin that we did not already cover. It is mostly that part's not pro- probably not that uh, controversial in right? terms of it adding little to the. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of people see it as like this is a great way to bring Robin into Batman's world. I'm like, it is, but Dark Victory is mostly a retelling of the versions I already told you. Legends of the Dark Knight number one hundred yeah. has some of the same stuff. It has Cowboy Hat is in both Dark Victory and Legends of the Dark oh, Knight. He brought all that shit, huh? Dick Grayson saying it wasn't an accident because my dad checked the ropes. That beat is from that comic right the oxy's club turns gets turned into the ox club in dark victory but still the same fucking thing yeah zuko wanting to use the circus to transport goods is from the same comic zuko getting chased up to a rooftop and dying of a heart attack is still from that comic is dark victory known to, to be like one of the better robin origins like people know it as a robin origin well it's probably one of the most red it's it's definitely more red than the others uh like uh, if you were to ask people what are the three what are like the top Batman stories I should read to get into it? They would tell you year one, long Halloween and dark victory probably yeah. add in like dark Knight returns and hush and all the other big ones and stuff. But like dark victory is up there. But the thing is dark victory it's is top popular five. as it is. Yeah. As popular as dark victory is. And I'm, it's still a good story, but for what our purposes, it doesn't really add much that we didn't already see uh, because so we, it's mostly can, a retelling. We can go back to talking about Burt Ward's dick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, just the same way that Long Halloween actually added very little to the Two-Face origin. Again, a lot of people are going to kill me for that, but read the story Eye of the Beholder. You will see how much the Long Halloween took from that. Not saying that Jeff Loeb did a bad job with either story, but uh, the conceit of Long Halloween and Dark Victory isn't 
telling those origins. It's telling those origins in the backdrop of Batman solving a mystery that involves a whole bunch of other rogues gallery villains and the evolution of Gotham as a whole. It's not really Two-Face's origin or Robin's origin uh, that is the main, I guess, reason why, in my opinion, uh, those those stories have their own flavor to them. So, uh, and again... They suck. Let's move on. <laughs> they don't suck. <laughs> uh, but uh, I might find them a little overrated, but I still like them. Uh, people credit Dark Victory for the perception that Batman adopts Robin in year three, as opposed to year three. Uh, but the thing is, Dark Victory does not actually take place in year three. Long is Halloween... ambiguous? It's, it's not actually... So year one takes place, right? And people assume Long Halloween is year two, Dark Victory is year three. That is actually incorrect. Long Halloween has to be at least the Halloween of year two going into Halloween of year three, which means Dark Victory has to take place in the Halloween of year four going into the Halloween... going into the Halloween of year five because both... <laughs> Stories start and end with Halloween, and the timeline doesn't match up for the long Halloween to take place during. You think DC themselves have thought about that? (sighs) I'm just saying, popular (laughs) perceptions of Dark Victory are wrong, and I'm using this podcast to correct it because so many people just think, "Oh, Dark Victory! It's the story. It's a unique story of Batman adopting Robin in Year Three." I'm like, "No, you're talking about Year Three. Dark Victory takes place in fucking Year Five, and." Everything they did in Robin was done before by Denny O'Neill. So, check it out, guys, and find out for yourselves. Uh, I agree, Ben. (laughs) The other Robin story I left out is the infamous all-star Batman and Robin by Frank Miller and Jim Lee. It is not part of main continuity, but it is responsible for the phrase, the goddamn Batman. Uh, (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, as I was very tempted, I did reread parts of it. I did take notes on it, but then I realized it would take up so much time for something that a did not influence anything that came after it. <laughs> Two is so hilariously bad. We should probably do our own episode for it. And three, it's not a complete story. It was never finished. So we don't Miller even one? know. Yeah, the Frank Miller. One. Frank Miller's All Star Batman and Robin was never finished. I did At not, not know that. I thought Frank Miller just seems to be like anything he would do. He'd, you know, they just they'd have they just stop working in on mind. it. That's weird. There's no, there's no ending to it. There's no explanation behind. Cause just real quick, Joker is responsible for the death of the Graysons in that version, but there's no explanation why, because he didn't get to explain it. So, uh, it's hilarious in a bad way. We'll probably do our own deep dive into it separate from this, but I'm not really including it as part of the origins. Is that a bold statement on your part? You're going to make a not lot of really. fans sad? A lot, okay, a lot of a lot. a lot of fans don't like it. I haven't read that. I'm sorry. If if anything, dark my Dark Victory statements have already lost people, probably. So. <laughs> <laughs> dark Victory sucks! No. <laughs> Again, not saying it sucked. I'm just saying it adds little. Um, so, going into the ones that did earn their spots on my list is, and people are going to go nuts because I left off Dark Victory, but I'm including them, uh, the <laughs> Batman cartoon from This list has a certain purpose, though, so we're not listing <laughs> off best Batman shit. This is Robin's history, so yes, it makes perfect yes. sense, Ben. Uh, the Batman had an episode that was covering Robin's origin called A Matter of Family, written by Michael Jelinek and uh, was premiered in 2006. Evan Sabara was the voice of a young Dick Grayson, but and here's Evan Sabaro, the of course pizza tycoon <laughs> pizza guy. Yes, 
the mall decided, pizza tycoon. <laughs> he wasn't making enough on pizza, so he became uh, Robin instead. Uh, so borrowed. Yeah. Them shits are still in malls, dude. I can't believe it. God. Uh, okay, so here's some cool casting that they did. John Grayson was Kevin Conroy. Okay. Uh, and Mary Grayson was voiced by Great Lyle, who would go on to be Catwoman in the. I Arkham know I games. said I wouldn't do this, but fucking um. Kevin Conroy is Phantom Stranger in that Spectre episode? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was like, what? What's going on here? Okay, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. I, d- I deliberately didn't give away the full cast of Chill of the Night. He- he's talking For everybody who's tuning in, check out Brave and the Bold, Chill of the Night. It has Adam West and Julie Newmore as Thomas and Martha Wayne. Richard Mole, who is the B-Taz Two-Face, is the voice of Lou Moxon. Uh, Mark Hamill is the Spectre versus Kevin Conroy's yeah, Phantom right. Stranger. <laughs> I'm like, is that fucking... Fucking Mark it's, Hamill's a fucking Spectre in it. It's, it's fucking... Conroy versus Hamill, but as Phantom Stranger and the Spectre, plus Adam West as Thomas Wayne. So it's it's amazing. Other it's, thing it's, before we go back to real story. Yeah. They're all pretty much one shots, right? So you can skip around on Brave and the Bold. Oh, yeah. Right? So yeah, pretty feel much, free to go straight yeah, yeah. to Chill of the Night. Yeah, yeah. You're fine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I can't really think of... I mean, sure, it might pay off a little more when they introduce certain characters beforehand, but, like, whatever. It is still the first time you see Phantom Stranger and the Spectre and Lou Moxon and everybody, like, well, all the people unique to that. Uh, but not I, the first I like time those, you see the Rogue's I Gallery. like those, like, Justice League Dark characters. Phantom Stranger, Spectre, mm-hmm. great. Great stuff. Uh, he's also in the opening to uh, uh, Gorillas in Our Midst, which is, like, also in Season 2. So he's in the cold open to that, if you nice. want to check that out. Okay, uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah, Kevin Conroy is John Grayson, and Boss Zuko is Mark Hamill in this. Well, goddamn, so, Joker technically succeeds in killing Batman and Catwoman in this, since Great Lyle, aka Arkham Catwoman, is Mary Grayson. So uh, that's interesting. In this version, John Grayson is not just the top acrobat, but also the circus manager. So ah, Zuko, okay. Zuko, no, okay, directly extorts him as opposed to. Dick overhearing him extorting the boss. You know what I mean? So right. it makes a lot of sense here. Uh, Zuko is back to being a thin man, uh, but he's given an interesting backstory where he used to be in the circus himself as a knife thrower, and his henchmen consist of his brothers, who are a strong man, a lion tamer, and a juggler. I wonder if uh, it was like, especially back in the day, I wonder if it was like really easy to fudge the books on... Uh like traveling circuses because they do travel and mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> we travel about expenses. this way too much <laughs> at this point, but like yeah. they're fucking like accounting books probably. <laughs> mm-hmm. God damn, who thinks of this shit? But <laughs> the Haley Circus accounting books are probably very easily fudged, hence a valuable asset to the mob. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm yeah. that's what I'm saying. Or here. could could also just be Zuko wants to take over another circus because he grew up in one in this continuity. Who oh, knows? okay, okay, okay. Well that's simpler, uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, overthinking Ben. <laughs> in this version, Dick Grayson calls nine one one while Zuko is threatening to extort the Graysons, and Batman intercepts the call and shows up to save the Graysons from the Zukos. Okay. Uh, and he helps capture one of Zuko's brothers. But the rest of the Zuko's escape. And Tony Zuko says, well, our family's been divided. I think we should return the favor. So he decides okay. to strike at the Graysons in revenge. So everything is so much more personal in this version from the Batman show. Uh, 
The Flying Graysons, of course, give Dick Grayson the Robin, the future Robin outfit. However, he does not like how colorful it is, and he wears it as basically under a robe that he's going to unveil before he gets on, basically, to perform. However, the Graysons die before he unveils himself, which means nobody in public sees the Robin outfit. You know Burt Ward wanted that unveiling scene. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this does solve the problem of Dick Grayson wearing the same outfit in the circus as he does as Robin. In this version, his parents still give it to him, but nobody sees it except for his dead parents. Okay. So that's very cool. Michael Jelinek had a lot of creative... Uh, solutions to this. Um, He's been thinking similar, about it for a while. He's been sitting on it. He must have had the same problem I did, where it's just like, why would you not think that that was Robin if the Graysons, the right. famous Graysons who died in mid-performance, have right. pictures of their dead bodies in the red and yellow and green suits, and like nobody notices <laughs> color, it's the same thing. Color photo spread, USA Times, <laughs> Gotham Times, <laughs> Daily Planet. Yes. Everybody knows. <laughs> yes. Um... Basically, his mom says, when I see you up there, you make me think of a little robin. And Dick is like, ugh, like the bird? Kids my age get beat up for nicknames like that. Yeah. Uh, so Kevin Conroy's John Grayson proposes that maybe they should call him the flying squirrel instead. And then he decides to stick to robin. What about uh, little beaver? <laughs> <laughs> little beaver is a Jason Todd thing, not a Dick Grayson oh, thing. Oh, <laughs> okay. For explanation little, on little that, <laughs> Check out our Patreon on Jason Todd for the explanation on that. But that was a proposed name for Jason Todd before he became Robin in the little pre-crisis version. Little sea otter. <laughs> uh, in this version, Zuko weakens the bolts of the trapeze in order to kill them. Ah. Uh, and uh, just like in BTAS, we don't really see them fall, but we see Mary Grayson's uh, point of view, view shot as she falls and, and uh, sees Dick up there. And uh, it's pretty bad in, in terms of, uh, not bad in terms of animation, but bad in terms of how horrific it would be to be in Not as good as BTAS, though. Not as good, but a still creative solution, I think. And still okay. worthy uh, episode in terms okay. of the, the canon of this. I still like a lot of the changes they made here. Uh, okay. Bruce meets Bruce meets Dick at the funeral, even pays for the Grayson's funeral. And Dick uh. talks about how alone he is, and Bruce decides to take him in as a foster son. Um, he's also determined to hunt after Zuko because from his standpoint, he doesn't want Dick to have the f- same burden he carries in the fact that his parents' killer was never caught. And so he wants to help Dick at least feel like some justice was done. So that's an interesting element. Uh, that's co- sort of implied, but is outright said in this version. Okay. Uh, like in Batman Forever, Dick follows Alfred into the cave and figures out that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Uh, and has a talk. They all have a talk, and Dick wants to go after Zuko himself, but Batman refuses, and when Batman goes off, he ends up getting captured by Zuko, and Dick decides to go after them and don the circus costume. So now he's showing up as Robin to help save Batman. Um, There's a confrontation with Zuko. There's a dark moment, and I don't know if they were deliberately doing this because Mark Hamill's voicing Zuko here, but Zuko has like a bowling pin, and he starts beating Robin with it. And it oh, looks shit. very reminiscent, the way that they did it, of Death in the Family, of Joker beating Jason Todd with a crowbar that's, until Batman saves him. Yeah, it's probably a little Easter egg homage kind of thing, even though he's not Jason Todd. And and it's not really Joker, but yeah. it's still Mark Hamill. So it's like, maybe. Um, They're having my favorite fun part with it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this all takes place in the circus. 
uh, in the circus area where the Graysons died, and Zuko tries to avoid Batman by climbing up to the area where the acrobats um, were performing. And when Batman tries to go after him, Zuko slips and he falls. And Robin refuses to let him die and saves him. So that's kind of cool. How basically he swoops in, grabs Zuko, and uh, brings him to safety. How this 12-year-old kid is able to carry a grown-ass man with one arm is uh, beyond me. But this is cartoon physics. Hey, um, you got fucking super (laughs) strong trapeze artist arms. True, true. He's, this um, is a kid that's been training a long time. <laughs> Although if the guy if the guy's like three hundred pounds, maybe yeah, not. Is it this fat is guy? thin Zuko. No, it's, it's a thin, thin it's a thin, thin Zuko. Yeah, I thin actually version. buy it. I do buy okay. it. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Uh so Robin talks with Batman and says, you know, Bruce Wayne, you know, doesn't seem like he's a great foster father because he's never around, but maybe the Batman can be his foster father. And Batman's like, Well, we'll have to give you a name and Robin's like, How about Robin? And Batman's like, like the bird? And Nick says <laughs> It's a family name, and so he comes to accept the nickname that his mom gave him. So family. that is a lesser-known Robin origin episode. Yeah, it doesn't have the same artistic, uh, you know, uh, reputation as Robin's Reckoning, but I'd say it's a pretty solid addition to our episode here. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, so they, the, 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 what I keyed in on, I know this is like weird but they the what i keyed on on maybe the most was it was the bolts not the rope itself yes okay <laughs> again we're getting i know we're getting so granular <laughs> but that's what this podcast is right that's what this podcast is so i maybe actually like that more maybe because god the timing of getting the acid to fucking <laughs> burn the ropes just enough so you can get him to swing on it, get on it, and then fall. Uh, it's just like then there's again, an alternate, like the, <laughs> there's an alternate universe where the acid didn't burn in time, and so Zuko's in the audience, and it just doesn't work, and he's like, "Fuck!" It's it would take like somebody that really knows acid and those ropes. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, of course, we're just really breaking it apart now, but mm. okay. then again, you got like, how do you time loose bolts? Yeah, Dude, I know. I, I mean, don't know. There's there's somebody out there or Ben, <laughs> DC hire Ben to write this a new Robin origin where this is really <laughs> honed in on, like you really like the somebody that knows the exact timing of how to loosen the these ropes exactly when they want it to. You know what I mean? The Clock King was a part of this. The Clock King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something, man. Like now you'd probably have like a fucking like app connected to an auto mm. screwer and then the mm. fucking <laughs> the guy in the audience goes boop and then the, uh, the guy people they fall down <laughs> the smart app version of the the deaths of the graysons i mean fucking something man i don't know i don't it's just you know yeah it just yeah. i think the timing is so <laughs> that, there's also another fuck, version i'm not gonna i'm not gonna <laughs> let it ruin the fucking story for me i don't i don't let it get that far I There's don't another version where he much. puts the acid on the ropes, and then the circus people catch it in time. Are like, "There's acid on the ropes. You can't possibly perform." And then they're like, "All right." And then Zuko's like, "Damn it! I almost yeah. I almost <laughs> I almost I almost died, man. <laughs> uh, we're we're Zuko done with trapeze for today. Up. Yeah. He's like, maybe it'll work this time. <laughs> I'm gonna talk with uh, the ringmaster about this shit. <laughs> yes. And Haley himself. Yes. 
Um, is Haley also, fat? I imagine Haley being fat. Haley's fat in most versions of this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Gotta have uh, a fat circus <laughs> later. I just, if the guy's not fat, it's something wrong about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Uh, okay. One thing I'll give to Dark Victory. Going back to Dark Victory, I know I left it out, but one thing that's cool is that the Batman identifies that the acid used on the ropes is the same acid that Maroney threw into Harvey Dent's face to turn him into Two Face. Oh, wow. Okay, so this burned fast, I think. So Batman's like, I know that acid. I've seen what it does to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. like, that's okay. kind of a cool connection. A little unnecessary, but kind of a cool connection. Yeah, it's, it's fine. I mean, I guess a yeah. face and rope are different, but uh, I don't know. I, I, th- yeah, I think, yeah. you know, we've been America, mostly America. Well, let's just say like DC. Anybody yeah. involved with DC has been, you know, constantly... Uh, improving this mythos yeah, through the years yeah. from mm-hmm. 39 to now. And there's just little pockets of elements that yeah. can still be improved upon. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. this is one of those little minute pockets. <laughs> I'd say so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. We, we've finished the 2000s. Now we're into 2010s. Okay. So, yeah. Around this time, we get the new 52. And we get, of course, with the new 52 comes a new continuity and a new retelling of Robin's origin. So, <laughs> Nightwing number zero by Tom DeFalco and Kyle Higgins. Art by Eddie Barrows and Eber Ferreira. I believe that's the pronunciation. Kyle Higgins, huh? He's He was on uh, the Power Rangers Boom Comics thing. Yeah, and he was writing a lot of uh, Nightwing in the new 52. I saw him uh, live at the uh, L.A. Comic Con around 2000, I want to say 2011, 2010. I've talked to them at... at at a Power Rangers booth, actually, and yeah, he's oh, nice. he's a nice guy. He's yeah, yeah, he's totally a nice dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. In this version, the murder takes place on Mary Grayson's birthday, so that's pretty fucking dark. Okay. Uh, Dick gets in trouble for doing parkour on trains. Yeah. <laughs> and has to get bailed out of jail. <laughs> so, uh, Dick's last day with his parents is not a happy one in this version, but he does give. Okay his mom a golden bracelet with Robins on it because he knows how much she loves Robins. So back to the mom connection with Robins. Uh, Zuko remains a thin man and like in B-Taz threatens Haley on the way to the tent. So I believe this is probably influenced from B-Taz on Higgins's part. And uh, similar stuff happens. The ropes break. The Graysons fall to their deaths. And Bruce Wayne is in the audience with a date when he witnesses this happen. Uh, Who's the date? Uh, an unidentified woman. So this is okay. not not Trace Meridian or <laughs> Vicky Vale or anybody else. Or Beaumont. Uh, <laughs> Andrea Beaumont has already gone at this point. Okay, dude. All Star Batman Robin has a three page three pages of Vicky Vale lounging around in pink lingerie as she's writing a story. A panel of her ass drawn by Jim Lee. In <laughs> Of her writing a story, because I'm just like, yeah, this is exactly what female reporters do. They la- they lie around in laundry and fucking write their stories. As like, you do, Ben. Yeah. We and all then, know that's how then Bruce Wayne right. invites her to the circus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Um, but yeah. Anyways, just yeah. like in Bitez, uh in the New 52, Bruce offers to help Gordon because Dick's a material witness. But instead of taking Dick to the manor... Dick is now in sort of the Wayne care center, the Wayne sort of youth center that Bruce runs. And so Bruce sort of uses surveillance to keep an eye on Dick Grayson in this version. Okay. Uh, 
Dick starts basically deciding he wants to go out and find Zuko, find the man who is responsible for this. So he goes out on the streets as a vigilante, kind of like Robin in the uh, Sam Ham Batman 2 script that we covered in our uh, unlimited what? Batman Returns deep dive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> answered, answered in the first two seconds. Of, that, of episode. that episode, yes. Yeah. Of what it's unlimited of. Uh, yeah. But Dick run- <laughs> It's the opposite of Dick. So Dick runs yeah. into Batman um, several times during this time, but they, uh, uh, he when he sees that, he figures out that Bruce Wayne is Batman because he saw Bruce Wayne do stuff like, you know, have a headache and have twitchy eyes and grind his teeth, and he sees Batman do the same. And so he deduces that Bruce Wayne is Batman, um, Potentially influenced by the Dark Knight Rises here. This is after John Blake, right? <laughs> this is the same year as John Blake, but it makes a hell of a uh, lot more sense, I would say. Okay. So there's a lot it's, of, like, Robin being a great detective. Yes. Um, so Robin's also a better detective in the first episode <laughs> of ba- Batman 66, by the way. He's figuring out all the Riddlers. All Riddlers, the Riddles. Riddles, yeah. <laughs> all, almost all of them, as far as I remember. Yeah. So this is the only version I've found where Batman takes Dick to the cave and Dick's like, I know who you are, Mr. Wayne, and surprises okay. Batman. So that's kind of cool. Um, and then we kind of have Dick's training being he's kind of like Oracle before she Oracle was around, where he's behind a computer helping doing surveillance and stuff for Batman since he's just a kid. Um, that's not bad. God, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah that's so an he's, interesting thing. Yeah. He can be safely on a Bat adventure and sort of know mm-hmm. – yeah, I mean it's it's He's fucked up Eth- ethically. Yeah. I mean, you know, Batman has a lot of fuck like we, you know weird in the real world ethics, you know, but making a <laughs> making a kid a part of it in that way, mm-hmm. also not bad. I don't I don't dislike yeah. it. How do you feel I, about that? I like that? it. I yeah. I like it. I think it's another. It kind of covers the period that Betas didn't cover in terms of like everything from when he was a kid to when you finally see him in the suit. So. Yeah. Naturally, it's going to take some time for Dick to be trained to go out there and be able to hold his own against criminals, realistically. He can I mean, get a full-on as... preview of what's, yeah. he's, what he's into. It's yeah, very like that's, that. a, that's an interesting move. Mm-hmm. Okay, So, good move okay. on Higgins' part. Also cool is how Dick feels guilty that he seems to be able to move on from his parents' deaths better than Batman does, which is very true to the character. Like We usually don't see a lot of Dick Grayson feeling tortured about John and Mary Grayson compared to Batman and feeling tortured about Thomas and Martha Wayne. Uh, yeah. So yeah. it's almost like be helping out Bruce is his therapy, is helping him overcome this trauma. But he feels sort of guilty that he, you know, that he's not as obsessed. And Alfred is like, actually, it's probably healthier that you celebrate how your parents lived versus being driven by how they died. So That is interesting. That's a good one. Very interesting character yeah. beat. So Kyle Higgins does a lot of good stuff in this, I think. Yeah, it's 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 almost as if he really understands the characters involved. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but finally, lo and behold, he does have to become Robin at some point. Batman gets in trouble with Lady Shiva. Interesting choice here, uh, Mr. Higgins. And so Dick decides that he's going to go out. He's already made a suit out of spare Batman suits and uh, presumably with some paint that's red and green uh, to paint <laughs> over it and shows up as Robin to help Batman fight Lady Shiva. I don't know how well. I don't think he does very well, considering Lady Shiva is like the best martial artist of the DC universe, uh, or one of at least. Does but. she do this move though? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's this, is the, this is the death move from uh, what's the name of that episode in B Day of the Samurai. Day of the Sip. 
They have the samurai, yeah. yeah. I, man, I used to try that move all the time. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think of Kyle Higgins' New 52 version? I mean, shit, a lot of good stuff. What, what were the quick things that he... Um, I know you just went through it all, but... <laughs> <laughs> all right, starting from the top. Nightwing number zero. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, it's basically Dick being... Uh, I'd, I'd say the biggest thing that we like is this gap that's covered of Dick being at the computer station. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yes, definitely, of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, a, that's a very that good him. move. Yeah. Um, and it shows that, uh, from a character perspective, uh, he sees a preview of it. He's a kid. He knows what he's getting into. He's He's been the Oracle before Oracle in this yeah. storyline. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make him turn away. So it shows a personality trait for him. He's like, okay... I'm going to go re-up when I get old enough. I am going to go into the field with you. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, of course he is because he's fucking Robin. We all know yeah. that. But still, just to have that uh, character moment there, just to have that baked into it, I think is uh, pretty good. I think that that's, yeah, keep that in in other iterations. Yeah. So Yeah, I like that. So, yeah. Uh, all right. That is our final comic book, but we got two more adaptations, and then you and I are going to basically combine everything into the ultimate Robin origin. Oh, so, shit. Well, you you will. I'll listen to it and agree with most of it, probably, if all not right, all. So we got to jump into the. I have to include this because it is a made. It is a movie that covers Robin's origin, even if it's not the traditional one. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about the Lego Batman movie. <laughs> 2017, Dude. Michael Sarah's Dick Grayson. I am going to go out on a limb and say it's one of the best. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite Batman movies. It's so good. It's such it a good movie. So we do not see the Graysons fall to their deaths, but we do see an origin of Robin. <laughs> little where... Lego pearls fall. <laughs> it's a little bit too dark. It'd be hilarious, but it is ultimately a kid's movie. Lego so. pearls. Yeah, uh, Lego. <laughs> There's one, like, small circular pieces, you know what I yes, mean? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dick gets accidentally adopted by Bruce uh, at a party <laughs> in this, uh, shows up, and uh, Dick ends up finding out that Bruce Wayne is Batman as much as Batman insists uh, that uh, Bruce Wayne is his roommate. Uh, but anyway, Robin goes through all the different costumes and finds reggae Batman, uh, and decides to <laughs> yeah. don the reggae Batman costume uh, right. without the mask and uh, culturally appropriated dreadlocks and decides the pants <laughs> are too tight. So he removes the pants. Oh, yeah. And That's, that was that good. Gives us, that gives us the one and only origin to why his legs are showing in the Robin suit. Took it's great. Until 2017. See, this that. is the thing. We get so much fun and joy from all that <laughs> silliness. All of that silliness from the from the Silver Age and the Golden Age. Like, are you kidding mm-hmm. me? Like, that's yeah. Like, even though I mean, yeah, we. It's just like re envisioned again, and it's great. Yeah. Like, it was great. Yeah. yeah. Such a competent uh, movie. It really was. <laughs> and my parents also. They finally watched it with my nephew that was yeah. like three or four at the time. Mm-hmm. And my mom has always been like, you know, whatever. Well, my mom is the one that took us to the movies in the 90s. So she's seen mm-hmm. that shit. Yeah. And, but my dad, of course, I've talked about before, is a Adam West fan. Grew up watching it when it aired in yeah. the 60s. And they have the whole, you know, Adam West punch out at the end. So my parents love it. My parents loved yeah. it. So, yeah. like, I thought that uh, was really cool. It's great. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Dick comes up with the code name Robin while he's on assignment uh, when trying to uh, steal from Superman's Fortress of Solitude, and he proposes the name. Batman doesn't like it, but part of it is because he wants the song "Fly, Robin, Fly" as his theme <laughs> song. So, okay, and that is the Robin origin of the Lego Batman movie, arguably one of the best, mainly because of the explanations they give for Robin's outfit and the name. A f- I mean, so a fully, hilarious. fully comedic. Not even, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just Lego. But I mean, it, it's just done so well. I appreciate also, that. It so feels much. more excusable to have a 12-year-old Dick Grayson in this version when it's a comedy like this. You get and more mileage Legos. out of it. And as far yeah. as, like, you know, the the Batman in this being so, you know, they make fun of how dark he is yeah, with the no parents and all that. <laughs> and then you have a real, like, gee whiz kind of Robin, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's great. So, let's see. Our final adaptation to go over is, and I talked about, I teased this earlier, is uh, Titans. Uh, 2018, we have probably the most faithful live-action adaptation of Robin's origin, which I realize is not saying much because this is only the second time. But The uh, best confrontation of him against Zuko. Zuko. That scene mm. is yeah. great, but we'll get to it, I guess. Season 1, uh, the episode ironically titled Jason Todd is the uh, episode where that happens. Okay. Uh, but uh, Dick Grayson is 12 years old actor Tommaso Sinelli. I might have butchered his pronunciation of that, but uh, uh, Sinelli plays Dick Grayson at 12 years old. Similar to Batman the Animated Series, we see Bruce adopt him when he's a boy, but we never see uh, the Tommaso Sinelli Dick Grayson in a Robin outfit. Okay. So they took the same page there. Uh, actors Randolph Hobbs and April Brown Schotkowski are John and Mary Grayson. Uh, once again, it is acid on the ropes, very true to the Detective Comics number 38 version. Um, we see them fall, and Dick is unable to catch them uh, when they're basically falling towards him, and he's standing on the on the support on the other side. Uh, so very well done. The first and so far only boss Zuko in live action, amazingly enough, uh, actor oh, Richard yeah. Zipieri. Yeah, because before it was Tommy Lee Jones' Two-Face. Right, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. We've never seen Zuko before, and we end up seeing Zuko's son uh, later on in the series. But uh, the Flying Graysons are in red, green, and yellow. However, it's a different pattern than the Robin outfits. So this is an interesting way around it where it's still based off the Flying Graysons, but not a direct costume lift. Right, so right, I right. do like that as well. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's at least a little something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Bruce meets Dick on the night of the murders. Dick is in social services until Bruce volunteers to be his foster parents. The cops tell the social worker, who tells Dick that this was a murder, it wasn't an accident, which causes Dick to want to go and find out who it is. Bruce is mostly shown from the neck down and without a face reveal because Ian Glenn was not cast as Bruce Wayne at the time. Yeah, so we don't see yeah. him at all. Yeah, that's so right. unfortunately, we, we don't get to see any interaction between Dick and Bruce uh, in terms of a live conversation. Uh, Dick steals Bruce's car so he can find Zuko, but uh, Bruce forgives him, and when he gets back, Bruce leaves a note that basically says, quote, revenge won't bring them back. Let me teach you another way to deal with the pain. And then it's kind of assumed from then on he becomes Robin and mm-hmm. standard shit happens. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we saw. I wish that we would have actually seen Bruce so we get a little bit more of the interaction, especially since we end up seeing him later. But I got to, you know, regale what we already got. Regale uh, us. And then just like in year three, there's a later confrontation of older Dick Grayson confronting Tony Zuko as Andrew brought up. So it's a fantastic What do you want, kid? I want my parents back. 
Yep. God, I'm sorry if I spoiled it for you, but it was. <laughs> I thought it was great. Yeah. No, it's a it's a great version of the origin. At least uh, Titans has been controversial in its own way for different things, but when it comes to Robin's suit, Robin's origin and stuff, it stays pretty damn true. So uh, he was one of the but, stronger ones, really. I mean, I don't know, man. Like the, I wanted Starfire in the fucking costume immediately. Or, you know, some, I don't mm-hmm. know, just her, what, she have amnesia? I just... It's weird, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't great, and Beast Boy seemed, again, I haven't, I only saw the first season, I think. Right. But it, it you know, it was okay. Mm. That the, that episode was great, though. Yeah. Very memorable. Yeah. The it's probably the best episode of season one, is that Jason yeah, Todd episode. Because you also get Curran Walters as as Jason Todd, and he's great in that role, and it's great to see the two Robins play off each other. It's 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 definitely the best one of that season. Other highlight, real quick. We yeah. talked about this off the air, but they say, where'd he come from? And he goes, they're talking about uh, Dick Grayson, and he's like, oh, yeah. he's from Gotham. And then the other cop goes, whew. Like, <laughs> like everybody knows Gotham is a shithole. You know, like the way the other cops talk about it. It's like, yeah, it's not good. So I thought that was another really great little, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. addition there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, those are the Robin origins. So I thought I would combine all of them and sort of come up with what we think might be the best combination of everything. So here we go. Uh, I would say Dick being around nine to ten years old is okay, especially if. He's 10 years old. That's usually the same age that Bruce was when he lost his parents, so you have that connection there. Um, so in this version, we probably wouldn't put him in the Robin suit until he's a lot older, so we would go with the whole B-Taz slash Kyle Higgins slash Titan style of this. Uh, John and Mary Grayson, I do like the idea of John Grayson being the circus manager, just like in The Batman, so I'm going to keep that. Uh, I did bring up my previous idea of Bruce having already been trained in acrobatics from John Grayson, which again is not that crazy of an idea because the radio series of Superman had Bruce Wayne and John Grayson know each other before the death of the Graysons. So there we go. Okay. During his time training with John Grayson, Bruce Wayne was given the Robin rank because of the fact that he was a beginner in acrobatics. And so he was technically still Robin before Dick Grayson, which combines that 1950s episode into this. Real qu- uh, quick question. So if yes. Robin's like the beginner, is there like a yeah. eagle's the top? or Yeah, it would be like eagle or something like that. Falcon. Uh, or, eagles, eagles Boy Scouts. So maybe the or top Or maybe is it's Nightwing. Nightwing's the top. Well, maybe then you Nightwing's get into like, it's Nightwing <laughs> from uh, Kryptonian mythology. I've always thought that was weird. Honestly, I always thought that was weird that Dick got that from yeah. Kryptonian mythology <laughs> from Superman. I'm like, eh, that's kind of cool, but I don't, it seems kind of random to me as well. It, it is. Uh, <laughs> I can't disagree, but yeah. there, it's. I don't know. You got to address. Well, we're. Yeah. I I do want to do, and it might be an episode that I'll lead Ben. But I want to mm-hmm. do a, the religion of Krypton episode at some <laughs> okay. point, like right. nerdy as hell. But may, it might mm-hmm. be a shorter episode. I don't know. But like, mm-hmm. you know, Rao and all that. Like, there's a whole other deal going on there. So yeah. Any anyway, yeah. continue, Ben. So years later, because of the training that he got from the Graysons, Bruce has the Graysons perform at uh, his charity circus, at his charity event where he meets Dick Grayson, uh, of course. But, of course, he's already friends with John in this version. 
Uh, we have the whole thing with Tony Zuko trying to extort John Grayson, and when he's not able to succeed, he does do the whole thing of the inside man, the ringmaster, ending, ending up putting the acid on the ropes, which lead to the Graysons dying and falling to their deaths. Dick Grayson is later adopted by Bruce Wayne uh, because of the fact that uh, he's pretty much a material witness to all these sorts of things. However, Bruce does not immediately reveal. We sort of space it out like they did in uh, that Robin Annual number four by Chuck Dixon, where Bruce Wayne uh, is trying to investigate on his own. And we sort of gradually get the idea that uh, Dick gradually comes up with the idea of being Batman's partner and avenging his parents' death with Boss Zuko uh, and everything like that. Uh, and then even then Batman sees it as more of a thing of him helping him bring Zugo to justice as opposed to having him be a full-time partner, just okay. like in the original version. Uh, so he gets that. The Robin name, of course, in our version comes from the Grayson tradition of ranking uh, in terms of the trainee, which right, is right. why Dick Grayson would be okay with Robin being passed down to other people like Jason Todd. Uh, afterwards so we keep that I do like the Batman animated series version of the outfit being in sort of outfit that was made for him that he never got to use because he lost his parents right beforehand so that outfit is then forever not just tied to his parents but losing his parents at the same time so thank you Michael Jelinek for that Um, and then similar to the Kyle Higgins version we would see him training over a long period of time so probably from when he's 10 years old to maybe he's like 18 so we get like 8 years of Full training with yeah, him and good. Bruce and Alfred in the in the Batcave and him being on computer and everything like that. Batman being a steward of, of the law makes <laughs> lets him make his own decision when he's eighteen. Yes, yes. Robin's eighteenth birthday. There's a fucking episode right there. There's a Robin's fucking eighteenth birthday. He becomes Robin. Yeah, exactly. yeah. There's there is that's a fucking one shot or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, along the way, he ends up confronting. Stan Rutledge, the ringmaster, uh, who is the inside man, as well as Boss Zuko, and bringing them to justice. And uh, he becomes Robin. And that's the version that I would combine using pretty much as much as I could out of everybody in, t- in this version. So, yeah. What do you think, Andrew? Do you agree with he that? Get, or are there he, other gets the, uh, he gets the iPad with the uh, following, uh, p- being Oracle, basically. <laughs> <laughs> right? You did say that, right? Yeah, he he's he gets the computer. He gets to be on the yeah, back yeah, computer the back and stuff computer. like in the in the new fifty two version. I don't know if I really want him to be so good at detective work that he figures out Bruce Wayne is Batman earlier. I feel like that's kind of unnecessary because uh, he's not really the yeah. master detective. That seems it's, like some more of a Tim Drake thing. It's like making Flash faster than Superman, or no, Superman faster than Flash. Than Flash, yeah. It's like you got to give these characters their, uh, you know top skill you know and batman's detective mm-hmm. thing is kind of important especially if, if, if this kid's a kid <laughs> yeah. you know like you know maybe somebody else down the line or an, a, an adult tim drake or something like mm-hmm. but yeah it just doesn't really work if he's yeah yeah that's not that's not in the ben juan version yeah i do like the acid uh, I do like it being the same acid as the Two-Face one, just because maybe Zuko's connected with the Moronis, that yeah. type of thing. Uh, but I mainly like it because of year of that uh, annual, Robin annual number four, where the cops just think maybe it was an accident. Then again, that doesn't really work if he's taking him in as a material witness. I don't know. I have to think about that. Uh, but I, I do like the you, idea that of... Part, that part needs to be maybe honed in a little bit. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It's not the worst thing in the world. 
the the timing of it. Okay, so maybe it's a smartphone app that Zuko uses. <laughs> like you said. Maybe take that out too. I take it back. I take that back. Maybe whatever the guy, case is. There's a guy in the mob that is an acid. A guy really fucking loves acid, and he's like a quote unquote acid expert. I I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't I'm fucking matter. Maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. I, I don't think it matters as much. I mean, it, it honestly didn't occur to me to differentiate all the different ways the rope was cut until I was like in the middle of it. I'm like, hey, that is kind of different. And then I started tracking like when was the acid? When was it cut? When was it the bolts? You know, all those type of stuff. All those type it, of things. It's just, you know, we pick apart everything anyway in this, <laughs> in yes. this podcast. A lot, of, a lot of Batman fans do. And ultimately, I am a Grant Morrison subscriber in the sense that I think when I read when I read something, I don't really care who pumps the Batmobile's tires. I don't. Right. Yeah. Like I I do I, I like going into it whenever we talk about it like this. But if I'm by myself reading it, the main thing is what are the characters going through? Mm-hmm. How f- is the you know the action is the action fun? You know, like just I'm more of like I'm yeah, character motivation yeah. stuff like that. That's the important stuff. All this yeah, other stuff yeah. is kind of like whatever. Like did a <laughs> Did this comic move you? Was it intriguing? Was it just interesting? Was it funny? That's mm-hmm. really what it boils down to. It's not like, you know, the quote is, who pumps a Batmobile's tires? No one does. It's a made-up story. It's some line like that from from Grant Morrison. And it's of clearly course, Dick pe- Grayson, though, during his training period. Like, <laughs> I gotta have you do something, Dick. <laughs> this is part it, of, what does this have to do with crime fighting? Like, you'll you'll find out when you're older. But that's not the. But the. Of course, you can you can answer that question. But it's not the point of Grant Morrison's statement. Mm-hmm. When you when you read a story, whether it's comic books, or um, a fucking novel or whatever, it, it's to to me and I think to Grant Morrison, it's not about these mechanical things as much as it is about the the human element, the human drama. Um, yeah. fucking, you know, people people taking vows to themselves, you know, like there's mm-hmm. a scene in, in Arkham video game where uh, you know, a pre Batgirl Barbara says, Why do you do what you do? And then mm-hmm. Batman says, Because I made a promise. And it's just like that's fucking yeah, cool. Yeah. Like that kind of shit, like that's that's the important oh, yeah. shit. I, I, I would like, incorporate emotional shit like that. Yeah, I, I would incorporate the candlelit uh, vow in my version. Yeah. With, see, uh, Batman inducting Dick into it. That's a cool scene. People that make characters that make decisions and have agency and stuff like that. That, yeah. of course, we've gotten granular as hell, and we do that all the time in this podcast. But I don't even know why I got on this. I guess because it's a year end. <laughs> We're near the yeah. end here, but we're near the end of this. Yeah, this episode uh, is long enough anyway. Anyway, that's <laughs> it. That's it. Yes, yes, but yeah, I, I would have if this were a movie. You you would have seen Bruce, young Bruce Wayne, by candlelight, and then it would. You would have the bookend with him inducting Dick Grayson, also by candlelight, just so that you have that emotional tie-in of the two men and and the fact that he's going to take this kid on the same journey, but hopefully make him better than what he was, at least in terms of being more healed. Maybe not a better crime fighter, but certainly uh, a more healed person. So right, I think right, that's right. that's the best part of this is that you know Batman is out to help prevent people from going through the same pain he went, and that doesn't just mean saving other people's parents. Right. That means helping them overcome their own traumas, maybe in a better way than he overcame his own. So just notoriously through the comics, Dick has been able to overcome his parents' death a lot better than Bruce has uh, in continuity. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is because of Bruce, ironically. That, that emotional thing is, and that contrast with Bruce is uh, yeah, 
definitely like more worthy than how how the acid was timed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> way more important. Way. I think more we can important. agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can agree on that. So yeah. yeah, that is superhero stuff you should know. Boom. <laughs> All right. Let us go into. All right. So we're going to go into some of the comments. I'm going to go into a couple of comments from the Ben Cave uh, oh, that we got. Shit. So. Uh, thank you to user Greg or Craig who said, quote, Thank you, Ben, for setting the record straight about Harvey Dent. This is on the Ben Cave episode on Batman Returns. He said, I'm so tired of reading articles and listening to podcasts trotting out the myth that Max Schreck was originally Harvey Dent. Even after Daniel Waters, the film's writer, debunked that rumor. There are no Batman Returns drafts online where Dent is the villain. But there is, as you say, one in which Max Shrek was originally set up to be the Penguin's older brother. In the end, they decided to change this and instead make Shrek a self-made man and entirely unrelated to Oswald Cobblepot, which I personally prefer. Um, I don't know if I have one preference one way or the other of Shrek being Cobblepot's brother or not. In the original script, it kind of just felt like it was kind of thrown in uh, that they're brothers. It's not like... Like, if Waters really wanted to explore it more, it could like it would have been better if they knew each other from the beginning. If they knew that that was the brother. Like, Oswald was the redheaded stepchild of the family. And he was trying to cash in on, like, you owe me, Max, uh, in terms of, like, them being brothers and stuff. Like, that was never really explored the way it could have. For uh, It was kind of just thrown in as a twist, in my opinion, on that. You don't need it for the contrast of monster on the inside, monster on the outside, mm-hmm. uh, that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, for them to be family, you don't need them to be family for that contrast. Yeah, I but agree. But it can affect. It just. It would have been good, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. It's either way, but I like the contrast being there if they're family or not. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the whole point of Max Schreck's character, according to Daniel Waters, was to show. This is the real villain, the realistic one, the one who's not a costume one, the one who could exist in real life. But the, the, uh, to so me, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I agree with uh, what this guy's saying, but I think mm-hmm. the penguin comes off as a monster too. They're both monsters. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely. Uh, but I think Max Shrek was originally supposed to be the worst out of all the villains in there. Yeah. Does and that the, does that play while also to being you? The most realistic. I don't think that's really how it came off in the end. Shrek is Not obviously quite. a bastard, but... Right, right. But I think um, it's muddled. I think it's muddled, yeah. and I think that uh, if Shrek was more of a Lex Luthor character and Penguin was even more sympathetic, you'd probably get that through a lot more than what's in the script or in the final movie. I think a better way to contrast that is Shrek being a more realistic... like. Daniel Waters is on record saying that he thought Christopher Walken's Max Shrek was a lot different from the Max Shrek he intended. Interesting. He wanted Max Shrek to be a lot more straight-laced, realistic. His comparison was Mitt Romney <laughs> in terms of, like, very wow. real-life person who's kind of just seems very boring but is actually worse than everyone else just to have this idea that, like, the real villains aren't the costume ones. The real villains are the you know the businessmen pulling the strings. So sort like of thing. maybe a Jason Bateman playing an evil guy. Yeah, maybe like a that. Normal, if they were to do, if they were Joe. to do the original idea of Daniel Waters as uh, Max Shrek to today, I think Jason Bateman would probably be a good choice for that. That is a weird choice to follow up on Christopher Walken, but a good choice for 
the version that he wanted. Original intention, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you had him as back Shrek and like a more mutated, you know, sort of the similar mutated penguin, but maybe he's a little less, uh, I don't know, perverted and child killing <laughs> than the Tim Burton version, then uh, you could probably really explore that contrast a lot better than what uh, was in that script. Right. Anyway, thank you, Craig. Uh, oh, sorry, Greg or Craig. Uh, I guess I called you either one. Yes, uh, thank you. So thank you for that. Uh, and then the other comment I want to shout out, we, we've talked to him before, but Green Arrow. Uh, not uh, the DC character, but the user on YouTube. How'd you quote, get that name? Have you been doing you know, YouTube <laughs> since uh, 2005 when it came out? Like, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, so Green Arrow himself said, quote, What I want to say to you guys is thank you for commenting on some of my Facebook posts. I really enjoy your videos, especially the Batman videos. So here's another one for you to enjoy. And I hope to get to chat with you guys eventually and giving you guys my thoughts and opinions on some of my favorite comic books, superheroes. You guys are awesome. Ben, Andrew, Wolfie, all you guys. So well, thank, thank you. you for that. Uh, yeah. And those are the comments for today. Nice. Over to you. Okay. So as usual, we would like to thank once again, <laughs> Kuki Noms, Matt Herring, Elijah B., Shamrock testicles, Shamrock <laughs> balls, Aaron Willett, Ian H, Dan D, Leom O, Super M for Man, and Douglas P. And if you want to be added to this list, please join the Shasta Army, the one dollar tier on Patreon.com/slash/SuperheroStuffPod. And the five dollar tier, right after that, is the bonus feed. So it's a Patreon podcast it's a it's a whole other podcast that we do a whole right. extra one we get the deep dive on this one and then the deeper dive on the five dollar tier generally four episodes a month five dollars a month okay mm-hmm. and that comes out on fridays this one comes out on mondays so mm-hmm. there you go on that one uh and then please uh use your voice recorder app to record us a little something and then send that something to superhouse podcast at gmail.com I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Twitter and Instagram. Please check us out on Superhero Stuff You Should Know YouTube if you're not already and you can see the video version of the podcast if you're not aware of that already and also please check me out. I have another side thing that I've been doing actually even longer than this but I'm just now reinvigorating it Uh, and that is Thunderwolf Drew or Thunderwolf Lives on YouTube so check that out and that's um, really what that is is my other interest which is mainly Japan centric stuff Um, I lived in Japan from 2006 to 2009 been into video games anime all that since I was a kid as well so that's a whole other thing that I do and uh, so yeah check that out I'm kind of ramping that up lately and yeah that's it over to Ben Nice. You can check us out on Instagram at Superhero Stuff Pod, as well as on Twitter at Superhouse Pod. You can also follow me on Instagram at Ben One Writer. Uh, in terms of other things coming up for you guys behind the paywall on the Patreon, we will be diving deep into everything that didn't make it into these two episodes. We these episodes are long enough as they were, so I got a whole bunch of other notes <laughs> that uh, no we, thanks just, to me. <laughs> we just have a whole other bunch of notes that aren't related. They might not be big changes like in here but other things in terms of like differences in Robin's first cases on the job 
uh, other details about where he was when his parents died, all those sorts of things, I've saved that for the Patreon because it just wasn't big enough to include in here. So was shrinkage a factor or not a factor <laughs> in those shorts in the I, Gotham I Winter s- Nights? <laughs> there was definitely shrinkage for my notes on these two episodes, yes. <laughs> so... Oh, for uh, the for their main show next week will be our year end episode and Zach Brown our guest is back for wrapping up 2020 with us as I said we did the 80th anniversary of Joker we just wrapped up the 80th anniversary of Robin we're going to celebrate the 80th anniversary of Catwoman by diving into the Catwoman movie that was never made that would have starred Michelle Pfeiffer with Tim Burton directing so that would be a sequel to Batman Returns that never happened and Zach's going to be joining us for that as we wrap up 2020. I just want thank to say thank, thank you to Burt Ward. Thank you to your <laughs> luscious package. Thank yes. you to the Catholic lead for pointing that out to the whole world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, I'd like to thank Burt Ward's dogs and their luscious food mm-hmm. and uh, 45-year-old Chris O'Donnell <laughs> in the 90s. Our and, <laughs> and Kevin Smith for that joke once again. So yes, thank And you that's very much. it. Signing off. All right. Ben signing off. listening to the Geekscape Network.